all you got you got a busy summer schedule and i do want to man i just i want to give you your flowers right off the rip because uh your music is i you know i don't know what exactly genre or you know you consider yourself but i'll call it like country folk you call it like outlaw country kind of just authentic this you know the Coulter wall um tyler childers zach bryan sergio simpson yourself i mean i think it's like this not a new wave certainly but it, it's it feels like it it connects at a deeper level maybe than before when people think of country music it feels like it's this truly authentic kind of like an emotional expression and i i want you to know man that like i i hold you up there with with all those guys and you know watching you you know go on tour with zach and i've been i've been listening to zach since he was posting you know social media videos still in the military like so it's just it's beautiful to see and i just it's really kind of cool that it's uh you know you bring that appalachian uh, you know, representation into that, that lane and that sphere. And um, just uh, couldn't be more proud of you, man, that you're, you're doing it kind of on like a West Virginia ambassador as well. Thanks, man. I appreciate that very much. Um, you know, I love, I love what I do and I've just always done it the the best way that I know how and, and uh, staying, staying in West Virginia has just been one piece of the puzzle for me to, to, you know, enjoy, enjoy what I do. You know, I don't know if I would have, functioned well moving to a city uh so it's just you know fortunate enough that things have worked out yeah how would you classify your music uh, yeah country country folk is is a, right there you know when people ask me i say it's country music but it's definitely a little bit more on the folky side mm-hmm. of it and uh, there's also some rock you know like kind of folk rock elements to it as well avid brothers are a big influence of mine so you know there's there's some of that aspect in there as well yeah Go ahead, Cooper. No, I was just going to say, so you're, I think you're, are you based out of Morgantown now? And did you grow up there or what's, um, where are your West Virginia roots? Yeah. Born and raised in Morgantown. Uh, My wife and I, you know, we got a nice little spot outside of town, you know, and this is where we're raising our kids and just kind of making a life. Yeah, certainly, you know, country folk, no stranger, that genre is no stranger in West Virginia. What was the initial inspiration? How was that kind of the path that you followed? and maybe dive a little deeper into like some of the early memories that you have of, of just getting into the music world. Yeah. I, you know, I didn't actually, I had a late start. I didn't pick up a guitar until I was 20. Um, Wow. And I didn't start singing until I was about 21. And um, the way I got started was I originally picked it up as a hobby just to have something else productive to do. You know, once once I was in college, you know, I wasn't playing sports anymore. And I had just all this free time that I never had, you know, and you know, going from K through 12, cause I was always playing sports and all these things. So once I got to college and was kind of a young adult, I had all this free time that I was just trying to, trying to figure out things to, you know, to fill in a productive way and, and, and see, and see what I was into, you know, trying to figure myself out. Cause you know, when you're a teenager, you don't, you don't know that stuff. You don't really know much about yourself yet. And uh, I was watching the the Grammys in 2011 and saw the Aver brothers, Mumford Sons and Bob Dylan playing together. And, and the Aver brothers in particular, I was like, wow, like that's cool. Maybe I'll pick up a guitar and, and that'll be something else I can kind of add to my hunting and fishing, like yeah. hobby yeah, yeah, lifestyle. Yeah. You, you can't do that every day, especially when, you know, I was at, at WVU at the time and I, uh, so that's how I got started. And about a year later, I started stringing some chords together and, you know, started learning some songs. And when I was on a study abroad 
uh, in Estonia during my junior year at West Virginia. I kind of fell into playing my first gig over there um, and just loved it. It was the easiest money I'd ever made. I played for 20 minutes and made 150 euros. And it's like, this is what I'm doing, you know? So I came back, came back uh, when I got back to West Virginia, I started singing bluegrass music with a couple of buddies of mine and never stopped and started writing songs, you know, about that time and just started down the path. Yeah. Wait, go back to Estonia. So did you take your guitar? Did you have to like pick somebody else's guitar no. up with you? Yeah. 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 I took my guitar and I would play, you know, I, I just kept on, you know, playing in the, in our apartment, you know, in the evenings and stuff. And, and it, it kind of fell into, um, one of my roommates had, had taken it out of, out of our room one night when we'd gone to a show in town. And after the show was over, he ran up on stage and like, for whatever reason wasn't like tackled or kicked off and like was able to convince the whole room to start chanting for me to go up there and play so I went up there and played a song and then that was I think like a Friday night and then on Monday I got a Facebook message from a fashion designer in town this lady named Helen Varquin I, I probably I think that's how you pronounce her last name I probably butchered it but she had a lingerie fashion show that Friday and she wanted me to sing as the models, like model in this, in this cafe. <laughs> this is like your first, cafe. like early, early first gig. gig. Yeah, your first gig. <laughs> it's yeah, it's my first gig. Runway show. <laughs> yeah. And I had to fill 20 minutes, um, you know, as these models walk through this courtyard, through these French doors, you know, across the courtyard. There's about 150 people in there probably. And then on the other side of the courtyard was another set of French doors the other side. And they'd go in and get changed into the next thing. And then they come around and, uh, you know, I took my friends out for drinks that night. Uh, I think, you know, the drinking age over there is 18. So I was all good. <laughs> and I just thought it, I was like, this is the best work I've ever done in my life. You know, That's I'd funny. only had a lawn business and work minimum wage stuff up to that point. So making 150, you know, euros for, for 20 minutes of work was, was like just rolling in dough for me. What did you, did you have to sing? Did you just like strum? Was this? No, no, I sang. Yeah. 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 And what do they speak in Estonia? I don't even know what language, like what's their main language? Estonian. Estonian. <laughs> yeah. I guess yeah. that one. But yeah. so like, and they have, yeah. there's less people, there's less people than West Virginia. I think they have about 1.3 million, but you know, it's a really, it's a really interesting, cool place. That's funny. Yeah. So they didn't even understand you're singing songs. They're just like, it sounds good. Just, <laughs> you know, they did. They do. Like everybody knows English too. That's a good point over yeah. there for the most part. So yeah, everybody, you know, everybody kind of understood. And yeah, you know, I, I have like, I have a little bit of an accent, but I don't have the thickest accent in the world. And it was funny. They all thought I was from Texas. They thought yeah. my accent was <laughs> yeah, real yeah. thick. Yep. And, and, you know, it's, you know, I'm not, I'm kind of, you know, West Virginians, we're not, we're kind of like this hybrid between like, you know, with the mountains and, and the south, but then there's also a little bit of the north in there. And we don't, yeah, we're definitely our our accent is not as thick as like Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, mm -hmm. and Texas. <laughs> no, but there's a little bit. There's just enough. Just a, yeah, there's a touch. <laughs> there's a touch for most of us. And then you know, in the southern part of the state, obviously, yeah. there's it gets thicker. Yeah. See, I I never think I have an accent. Then you listen to yourself on like a on voicemail. Video. Or, I'm yeah. like, oh my yeah. god, like yeah. where yeah. Where, did I, where did I come from? Yeah. Or like I somebody think, points yeah. it out, like somebody that's never heard you before. They they point it out, and you're just like, I don't I don't think so. <laughs> I yeah. Tell. I worked yeah, to in my to my ear. I feel, I feel like I sound like I'm from Ohio or yeah. like or Pennsylvania. But <laughs> yeah. then when 
when you hear me on video, I'm like, oh, gee, you know, Jesus, I didn't realize it was that. <laughs> I worked in, in D.C. for a while, and then, you know, I started talking to somebody, and they'd be like, oh, like, I'm from West Virginia. They're like, yeah, we, we know. I was like, oh, damn, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I think a lot of Europeans actually resonate with, with West Virginians, and they actually love West Virginia and country roads. Maybe it's like the mountains, a lot of the, like, you know, a lot of deep ancestral roots from, like, Eastern Europeans and, you know, ended up in West Virginia coal mines and stuff. So, you know, it's – um. I don't think it's surprising maybe that they resonate with that kind of music over there because I think a lot of there's a lot of similarities between like Appalachian culture, mountain culture, community kind of rural kind of thing. So it's kind of neat that that's kind of you're from here, got your start there and then kind of came back and then sharing that with the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that continues to be uh, a lot of people listen over there. You know, I see from from Spotify and Apple, I, I get those analytics and yeah, there's a ton of people that, that listen over in Europe and I did my first European tour um, in January and February of 2020. So it was right before COVID. And I think I had 27 shows and, you know, 24 of them, uh, half of those sold out. And then the other like 12 were like completely full. And, you know, that was a time where, you know, that was, uh, it was pretty surprising, even though Seneca had been out a year and I was, I was starting to do well over here. I just didn't expect that over there. So yeah, it was, yeah. Cool. was it is that the first so 20 was it 2019 because so, i like seneca creek's one of my favorite songs i mean i think it appeals to a lot of um just the lyrics on that of kind of the simplicity of wanting that life it was that is that the ep or like when what was the first album that came out yeah that was uh seneca and it was february 15th 2019 the day that came out and from then on you know my life completely changed is there like is there like a moment around that time that you're like oh this is this is gonna work like this is gonna be what my life's like yeah. the next couple of years or for however long yeah the on release day yeah the day it came out it just it, it things went so well with it for what my expectations were um i just knew from then on i was like oh this is this is gonna work out and it wasn't you know it was two months later i got a booking agent and you know, from then on, it's just been, you know, it was to me a foregone conclusion that everything was just going to keep getting better and would, would be just fine. How do you, um, Charles, how do you stay maybe like in your, in your method or your like mindset, like how do you stay true to yourself? Cause I imagine like the, the journey of an artist is quite interesting. Like you start maybe writing music, you feel like, yeah, this is, you know, I'm sharing it with a hundred people, 200 people. And then, you know, you look at the picture on the last picture on Instagram, I don't know, 15,000, 20,000 people are now listening to you. I'm sure. And everybody knows the stories maybe of like actors and musicians where, you know, the influence of like their audience and the crowd and different things maybe can be, you know, they like almost the permission for you to change and evolve, but still be authentic to yourself. So like, how do you think about your music? Is, are you writing it for yourself? Is it a therapeutic angle? Is it a release? Like for me, podcasting and creating social media content about West Virginia is almost like a therapeutic creative outlet for me to do. Like I have to imagine maybe it's a little bit similar for musicians where it's a little bit therapeutic. It's getting thoughts and feelings off your chest. And then, you know, if it resonates with people, that's what that's where the true magic is. But maybe if you could speak on over the last, you know, four or five years, how have you maybe balanced that and how you if there's a plan to maybe to kind of continue to to balance that as you navigate your career? Yeah, I I got into all of this because I enjoyed it. Like the reason I didn't put the guitar down and never pick it up again, like when I first started, because I really enjoyed I enjoyed it. Once I started, I was like, you yeah, know, this is fun. 
And then when I started singing, I enjoyed that too. It made me feel good. And then, you know, when I started writing, I found out that I love that. And so each step along the way has just turned into this thing that I really enjoy. And I'm just lucky enough that I happen to, to actually have a little bit of talent with it as well, which was never anything else in my life. It never, I was never a natural at, and this, I just so happened to be. And so I've, I've always written for myself. It took a lot of years and a lot of work because I got such a late start to develop my own voice and, and practice my influences out of the way that mm -hmm. I sound. Um, and then once I got that and I'd gotten enough songs under my belt that I could actually put together an album like Seneca, uh, you know, ever since then, I've just, you know, followed my own, my own arrow and just, I do it for me. It's a, it's an emotional outlet for me to express myself and, and get feelings out. And even if I'm telling a story about somebody that I've made up or somebody else or something else, there's always parts of me in my songs um my own life experiences and things and so that's the way you know and and the, the way i'm able to keep doing that now is because it, that's what's gotten me to the dance was just being true to myself and working on the line and the melody that pops into my head not trying to formulate it but mm -hmm. just continuing to be consistent and it, it, it's hard to explain but it's it's each thing gets started from nowhere it's like given to me but then the work comes in you take that and then you make mm -hmm. a full song out of it and and just following like my own heart in that um is is kind of my process and what i do and the, i guess the way i'm able to keep doing that is because the the intentions of getting into music were so pure in the first place it wasn't about money or notoriety that's not why i ever started so i'm able mm -hmm. to just keep doing that but that's not to say I'm not trying to get better. You know, I recognize weaknesses in my own game. Um, I understand that there's, there's things to learn. There's, there's better, I can get better. And, you know, when I, when I listen to people that I look up to, like, that's, that's what I'm doing. And that, that's just part of everything in life. No matter what anybody does, you got to have that, that aspect of where you're, you're trying to, to, to hone what you do and get better. If, you know, the day ever comes where you feel like there's nothing else to learn. You know, I don't think that's a good headspace to be in, but, um, right. but yeah, that's kind of how I'm able to stay true and authentic is just the, 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 the motivation for starting working on and finishing the song has not changed, even though so much, you know, around me has changed. Yeah. yeah it's, it's Gotcha. What, come, what comes first then? Like, so everybody's different, you know, is it the, you said it kind of just pops into your head. What, what is it that pops into your head? A lyric, a tune? Like, is it the, is it the music or the, or the, you know, the, the lyrics that come first or does it change? And like, what's your just opinion on like, yeah. you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg kind of debate for musicians? Yes. Half of the time it's, it's a, it's a little line with, with a, with a melody to it that'll, yeah. that'll come. So they'll come together. Yep. and a little piece and those are always you know preferred for me but i can't choose the way that happens so that's probably half the time and then it's split probably a quarter each way where sometimes it'll be a line or a phrase or something i'll see or that'll pop up or something that i don't have music to and then i you know i try to add music to the little lyric that it starts with or and then the other quarter would be sometimes a little melody with no words will kind of yeah. pop into my head and then i got to think think of what how to start 
the what words to to put that with. Yeah. How, how cool is it to to do like collaborations now? Because I think you've we'll speak of two of them. I mean, one, we can start with with Zach, with Zach Braun. You've been on stage with him dozens of times now. I don't know if you guys have officially toured together, but you're certainly like literally together on stage quite a bit. How maybe how does that relationship get started? And then do you guys you feel like you feed off each other's authenticity um, and approach to music? Yeah. Yeah, so I started touring with Zach in the fall of 21. Then we did a lot, you know, together last year, starting in the summer. And then this year we'll do a month tour in August together. I'll be opening for him. Um, so that got all that all got started back in 2021. He reached out to see if I wanted to sing on his YouTube channel for his Belting Bronco series that he does. Yep. He was still in the he was still in the Navy up in Port Townsend, Washington. So. I was going up there to play at the, uh, where was it? I can't remember, some small venue in Seattle, the Tractor Tavern, that's what it's called. Tractor Tavern in Seattle, and then was going to go out to his place for a whole day the next day, and we recorded. Long story short, he ended up actually getting released out of the Navy, like, within, like, that week, and was moving back to Oklahoma but we kind of stayed in touch. And then he asked me to open a show for him that fall, went out, opened the first one for him in Raleigh, North Carolina. And it, you know, I think he enjoyed, he enjoyed the, the job that we did so well that he added us on to the rest of the tour. And then, you know, the rest is history yeah, since then kind of um, became, you know, his main opener. And so that, that's kind of how that got started and, and asked me to sing on Jamie with him, you know, last year. And that was like the first collaboration I'd ever done with, with another artist. And then, you know, not too long after that, uh, Nick Jamerson hit me up to sing on Peace Mountain with him. And then Philip Bowen reached out to, to sing on Old Canal with him. And now it's turned into this thing where all kinds of people were reaching out and asking me to sing on things with them uh and stuff so that's a that's a fun thing you know how do you how do you feel about that i'm sorry how do you feel about that because it's like you are attaching your name with some of these other bigger names too but ultimately is that just bringing you more success even though maybe it's not you necessarily in the only spotlight it's kind of a shared spotlight what's kind of your thought on just like yeah and collaborating yeah yeah i think it's a win-win and it's it's just a good way to to build a, a circle of friends out here mm-hmm. you know having having a group that you can collaborate with and lean on and tour with together and just have a good having friends out on the road is really important in this business and you know i'm i'm fortunate to have have some really good ones and you know that to me i, I just think you know a a rising tide lifts all boats so Mm-hmm. I, I don't see it as a negative and I, I would never sing on something that I think is bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I sang on, uh, Huey Mack and I grew up together here in Morgantown. So I, I, I went in and sang on, um, I think it was, it was kind of like a, an overture to his album. It was like an intro. And I sang on that just cause, you know, you know, Huey and I are, are friends and it was good. And, and so, yeah, I just, I'm happy to do that stuff. And, it's just, it's just another way for me to to have fun in this whole music thing. And it's kind of nice not having any pressure, you know, yeah, with, sure. with my with my own albums and things like that. There, there's this, this they're, 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 it's like more weight to mm-hmm. it with me. But just going in and singing on somebody else's song with them, like that's like a, a fun light thing for me to get to do. 
or sell your kids like on the road again making music with my yeah, friends that's, that's, a, that's it that's exactly <laughs> it yeah Wait, it's it's funny we've had philip so we're big close fans or close friends with philip now we've kind of got to know him over the last two years through just social media interactions and watching his career take off and the uniqueness that that he brings and certainly repping west virginia and all his videos and i think he's up to like a million tiktok followers and just watching how that guy's taken off is beautiful to see. And then, yeah, old Canal was was cool for us. CJ and I are Charleston guys. Grew up in, I grew up in McShoals, you know, so being on the Elk and the Canal, that was a really, I saw that come out. That was really kind of touching to hear that song and have that kind of dedicated to our region. Um, but then, yeah, we, you know, Huey Mac too with the Cozy Bar. Um, it's pretty cool that this like kind of class of like West Virginia artists in different lanes are like, staying together which is what you would expect from west virginians right like helping one another mm -hmm. out being authentic and you know growing together it's beautiful to see and something that we're excited to kind of be a little bit of a part of we're going to uh, be connected with healing appalachia and i know that's something that is important to you and you're at, you're going to be performing at healing appalachia this year down in in lewisburg and um we've kind of become close friends with dan or, or i'm sorry dave ian and, and charlie down there with that uh, maybe speak a little bit about you know your involvement with that and maybe what's it mean to kind of to be a part of like a benefit concert that supports a good cause with um folks battling you know addiction recovery and the proceeds for that people not sure or haven't heard of it, it the proceeds from this concert help uh addiction recovery folks in appalachia not just west virginia but all of appalachia and it's over the last i think five years now they, they've done it it's you know hundreds of thousands of dollars go to these nonprofits, so it's, it's really cool but maybe um how'd you get linked up with that and are you excited for uh, for this fall yeah so i've known uh, charlie hatcher for oh man i guess it'd be six years now i've mm -hmm. known charlie and he's always supported me you know any way that he could and so I was just fortunate enough to get the invite, you know, to go down there and play Healing Appalachia. And you're 100% right. Like, that really does pump a lot of money into, you know, the nonprofit space for for recovery and, and things like that. Because, uh, you know, I, I know what the deal point, points are. And, and I'm it is pure purely for charity. I'm sure, you know, they have to pay the, for the production and things like that. But, but the money that, like you know, I would normally get paid to play a show that's all going towards the cause. So it really is. There's not too many benefit shows like that. Yeah. Um, you know, usually a large portion of it would go to paying for the artists and things like that. So they built a, a really good thing that obviously has tons of credibility for all the artists to trust in them to, to do good with the money. Cause it, it truly is, it'd be a lot of money that they're, that they're getting to save by, you know, being able to hold on to, to, to donate to the, to the co different causes. And um, yeah, it's just a, it's always such a great thing to do things for charity. Um, I, I love, you know, my wife fundraises for the children's hospital up here in Morgantown. Uh, she works at the WV foundation. So it's always kind of been near and dear to our family. So I always do a bunch of things for child life, but uh, yeah, any chance I get to do something for a good cause, and nonprofits back home. I, I'll always do it whenever I can. Yeah. What is your relationship with Tyler? Like, obviously Tyler's going to be there too. Dude, I've, uh, I've never actually gotten to talk to him. Um, I, cool. I was a, I was a soft opener opener for him at one, two, three Pleasant street back. I think it was May 31st of 2018, but never got to, yeah. never got to hang out or so this or will be a good opportunity him. though. That's cool. Yeah, maybe, you know, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I might get to meet him, but I've only heard great things from, from, you know, people like Charlie who, who do know him well 
and stuff. So, yeah, I've always just heard great things about him and his character. And, you know, to to uh, basically head up something like Healing Appalachia, you know, speaks volumes for, for the type of guy and the character that he has. Yeah, that is neat. Uh, yeah, shout out to them. Um, we spoke with Tari last week, and he he told us to uh, to say hi to you. Yeah, shout us. out. Yeah, yeah, man, I love Charlie. He's a real dude, man. And he we we were having just a quick phone call with him, and it ended up being like an hour of just he was just sharing all the backstory and truly every facet of that thing. You know, all the way down to like the middle school bands that help do the parking. You know, like it really all the proceeds from that really do go back in the community and he made a good point. It's like, why, you know, we can't wait to fix this problem. It's no one's going to swoop in and fix it for us. So it's individuals and, you know, community-based organizations like that they've built that are going to, um, you know, help this addiction recovery thing that does, you know, impact our state and the Appalachian region. Um, so yeah, it was inspiring to, to get connected with him and um, to just hear the passion behind it. So I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you guys are excited about it as well. Oh yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. What's um? Where do you go from here, man? So I, I saw you post on Instagram. You got a you got a big summer tour. It looks like look, you got a couple weeks off. Um, you were just in New York um, with Zach, actually. But what's um? What's the rest of like? Do you plan out the next like? Do you live your life by by quarterly now, or like what's kind of the the overall mindset kind of now that you've um you know you've been extremely busy with playing music, and I'm sure feel very fortunate for that. Like, how do you kind of approach what you want to do and and where you go next? Yeah, we uh you know things get booked out just about a, almost a year in advance nowadays. Um, and, you know, next up for me, we're going to be at Summerfest up in Milwaukee on July 7th, get a little bit more off time at home. And then we start a, a West Coast run in Los Angeles on July 13th. But we'll do that. We're going to open uh, for Zach's tour, you know, basically from like, it's like August 7th through the 29th or something like that and then go into a bunch of headline dates uh in september october into november we'll have a an album announcement here pretty soon and you know be be doing a lot of things in support of that this fall yeah that's awesome Uh, when you think about what life looks like now you know going touring headlining what would life have looked like had you never picked up the the guitar gone to Estonia what what did you go to study like what was life supposed to be like for you yeah I I can't I have no idea what I'd be into because I got (laughs) I got a finance degree I I actually graduated cum laude from from WVU with a finance (laughs) degree um but that I I think I, I just chose finance because I didn't know what I wanted to do as an 18 year old um I, I imagine I would have found my way into something that I do love. So I could see myself teaching history and loving my job. So I could, I'd probably be teaching history like somewhere here uh, in the state, I would imagine. And who knows, like I, if I would have ever met my wife or not, cause I met her, you know, one night when I was playing music. Um, so, so much would have been different, yeah. you know, I, I can't even imagine, and, yeah. and the type of per- and the type of person I would be, I, I don't know either. Because you probably wouldn't have a beard if you were teaching history, though. Maybe you would. Well, like, this if, beard if might was, not be a thing if you were yeah, you know, well, in finance right now. With, oh yeah, with finance, that's true. Yeah, if I had a job like that, they, they probably wouldn't <laughs> let me have it. But um, yeah, man, there'd be so much different. And and music, the whole path that I had to take, and it wasn't an easy path, and it took me a lot of time. Not moving to one of the cities. Uh, 
took years away from me for sure. You know, it's worked out now, but it, it took me a long time to get going. Um, but it also, you know, it helped me, it gave me a lot of resilience, strength, fortitude. Um, it humbled me, you know, the bar scene humbled the hell out of me. Yeah, for sure. Um, trying to play original music, uh, before having Seneca out. So yeah, I don't know. I think though I'm a better person because of the path I went on because I yeah. think it, you know, I, I truly got humbled in a way that I don't think too many people get to get to experience in their life. The, the type of, uh, you know, the, the type of failure, rejection, lack of success. Um, I've, I've had the blessing of getting to experience all these things <laughs> live like in absolute poverty there for, for yeah. my yeah, most yeah. of my twenties um that have made me a better and stronger person now. Yeah. The struggle makes it worth it, man. And for what also, it's worth for what it's worth, Cooper also has a finance degree and he does have a beard. So I, I don't know. He might have <laughs> let you keep the beard too. So yeah. Nowadays it seems more acceptable. It's kind of cool. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can have you can have beards now, but <laughs> um, but I, I will say it's probably it draws some creative souls because finance is almost more. We would make fun of the accountant kids that it was just like black and white, and <laughs> like finance was the creative version of accounting. Um, but I just want to say that yeah, I think it what I particularly like about what you Charles is that you're kind of showing that you know like keeping close to your West Virginia roots and kind of even operating out of here. It's even for the music lane, like we know some good friends of the podcast, Corduroy Brown and Shalem, some great, great West Virginia artists um, that you don't have to maybe move to a Los Angeles or move to a Nashville and maybe, and not to knock those things. I'm certainly, everyone's just trying to find their path and, and go up the way, but it felt like, you know, those are probably, you could consider them like the old blueprints of trying to make it in music was probably, if you want to do country, you got to go to Nashville, you got to play the Nashville scene bars, you got to make it out of there. You got to get a big record deal. And then hopefully you go from that. Like, I think it's neat that maybe, and I'm sure in the moment, when you're struggling trying to make it and playing shit bars and, you know, nine people are there. It's like, well, I kind of rather would be maybe in Nashville, but I'm sure now retrospectively, it's like, like you said, like that, like doing it the most authentic way to yourself um, ended up making the journey what it is, because um, I think that's neat to just show kids and creative Appalachians that there is a blueprint in this state, in this region. That's not to say you have to stay, you have to do this, but I think it just shows that, um, you know, we've got immensely talented individuals from this place and you can carve a path and you can carve your own unique path and you can be successful at your craft. Um, and if you lean into that, um, odds are it'll probably take you pretty far, yeah. far by leaning into your, your roots. Yeah. Yeah. That it definitely worked for me. And, you know, but I, I, like when a lot of, sometimes if, if some kids catch me or something around town here, you know, that, that are, playing music or maybe aspire to they ask me for advice and that's always a tough thing because really the best advice I can give them is to not quit but I there there's also there's no there is no blueprint there's no like you do this and you do this and then this will happen it's such a it's such a weird business that you just there's no other way than to find your own way and Mm -hmm. it's it's just I wish I wish there was like some some better piece of advice I could tell somebody but you know, staying home for some people may not be the best thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. And, you know, for other people, it may have been just what, you know, just what was needed. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Be honest. How close were you to leaving, to moving to Nashville? You know, we know that you did the Grand Old Opry not too long ago, back in February, I think. So, like, I'm sure that yeah. was an experience, and I'm sure there are like plenty of perks, like Cooper had mentioned, and you've mentioned previously just about being in those bigger places. So, like, how close have you and your wife been to like pulling the trigger and doing something like that? Oh, I, I was never close to to uh, to moving. I was close to quitting. I actually made the decision to one day I was on my way down to Bluefield, West Virginia to play at the, uh, a place called the rail yard. I don't know if it's open anymore or not. And I, I think I was, uh, this was 2000 and August of 2017. So I was 25 years old and I just was looking at my life like, basically just like what are you doing this is ridiculous this is ridiculous you got to get you got to hang this up and get a real job and i just i became comfortable with the decision you know when something washes over you and it just becomes what's going to happen that's what happened with me with deciding to quit and went down there and played that like three or four hour gig and then you know afterwards i go to check in on my phone and this big like music blog that like a million people like followed had shared my song cold country a video of me playing it and all these new people were like <laughs> following my little music page and like i was like yeah well maybe i'll keep going a little bit longer <laughs> and that and it's just weird how that worked out and yeah. so i didn't quit that that day and then just enough kept happening then i just kept going i started recording seneca in december of 2017 and then i you know so yeah, to answer your question, man, I, I came within one night's sleep wow. of, of quitting, you know, had I gone to bed that night without that happening, I think I would have been done the next day. Wow. That's funny how that life yeah, works, man. I know. That's what I'll say. It's like podcasting too. It's like, we just knew that if you make it to seven episodes, most people quit after seven or something specific like that. We're like, man, if we just keep going, like whatever success even means, whatever, who cares of what that definition is. But like, it's just like, that maybe is like the best life advice. It's just not, you know, kind of keep, keep hanging in there and good things tend to happen. Or it's almost like that meme too. It's not a meme. It's like a picture. It's like, you see this guy, he's like, he's got the pickaxe and he's picking, picking, picking. And it's like, you just don't know. And he, he's like, he quits, but like, he's like this close to like the gold right. treasure chest, you know, like, yeah. you just don't yeah. know when you're going to hit that or strike that gold. And so, uh, you know, if you love it, stick with it and just see what happens until you're forced. Otherwise, I guess. Um, yeah. But and it's a great yeah, story. I, you I have. Felt, yeah. I felt, I felt cornered, you know, just by circumstances. And it's not that I didn't love what I was doing. I just felt, yeah. Um, I just, I was, just wasn't working. I just didn't know how to make it work. So, and it turned out that I was just doing everything I needed to, just needed to keep going. Well, what was the, after that? Okay. So that's like the lowest point in your career. And then like, what's the next, what was the next jump when you realized like the spark of like, ah, shit, I think I'm gonna keep going. Like really, really keep going. Do you remember that period of time or was it more of just like the steady, growth of just like uh, more and more traction was just kind of picking up what uh i think i was i was probably pretty shaky those next few months and until i got when i got into december and i started seneca and started hearing you know what we were making i was i had hope then because i believed in it and so then i had hope so i had to see it through and and finish it 
Um, and then, you know, once it did, it was all done and it came out, you know, February 15th of 2019, you know, once that day, you know, that once that day started and I was seeing the response to the album and the amount of just everything just starting to just grow, um, it was, you know, without a doubt after that. Yeah, that's awesome. It's, it's really amazing. You've, uh, you've seen, you've seen the peaks and the valleys here and now you are, you're killing it, man. And we just, we're so happy for you and so proud to call you a West Virginian. And, and we're just, just super happy that things are really, really cruising right now. Cause you are at an all time high and man, it's just going to keep going. It's going to keep going. Yeah, I, I appreciate it boys. I, you know, I, uh, I always do my best. I'm never like intentionally trying to mess anything up and yeah. I do have it. I do have it in my mind when I'm, when you know, even in my day-to-day life around town here, but, you know, especially when I'm out working that um, I am, you know, just, a, just one person, but I do represent West Virginia and in, in, in a certain degree. And I take that seriously and just try to do my best and, and try to, you know, handle this whole thing the best way that I can do right by everybody involved with my team. There are people out there, I'm sure that, and I know a few of them, you know, there's people that get mad at me and don't like me or think I'm a bad person. And then obviously there's always two sides of every story. So sure. every move that, you know, every move that I make, I, I do believe it is the right thing to do, for, you know, uh, on, on every level. And yeah, I'm just trying to do my best and, and try to try to, you know, just be one piece that helps maybe the state turn, turn the corner to someday, being a state where the population is rising again um the maybe the the quality of life on average for the citizens within the state is better and a place where as you know young people you know decide to raise their families and their kids grow up it's you know maybe you know the goal is i think for all of us to turn this place into somewhere where as our kids are finishing school it's a place where they feel like that they can make their dreams come true and that they're not going to have to move to dc charlotte pittsburgh columbus to like start their careers yeah uh which i'm sure you guys know like that it's like half the kids that we graduate with yeah. like mm-hmm. you know whether it's right out of high school or right after college they're to one of those cities because that's like <laughs> where the careers are yeah. So I, I think a good goal point is just, and, and one person can't make this happen. It's just this, it's got to be this, this kind of turning of the tide within the whole population of the state where everybody starts trying to just do the best that they can to turn this thing into a place where, you know, it's, it's safe, it's beautiful, it's, it's well run, it's financially stable, and it has a growing population again. And, um, you know, and, and the people that I look up to that have come before me, you know, one perfect example of this is Homer Hickam. Yeah. You know, he's somebody that I look to and was like, and and I can't, I don't know what percentage of it in me that can be credited to him or not, but some part of it, the, the willingness to go for it, you know, came from seeing his story, you know, and, you know, if I can be that for maybe some kid coming up here within the state, then that's only leads to, something better down the line. Yeah. I think safe to say, I think you are, man. You certainly yeah, sure. 
have been for me. It's been neat to be listening to you. Almost a million people a month are listening to you on Spotify. Um, and I think you're, you're a wonderful ambassador for the state, man. So uh, we'll look forward. We'll be down in Healing Appalachia, hopefully to connect with you down there in person yeah. um, come, come September. Um, we, yeah, we appreciate you coming on the podcast. Um, Charles Wesley Godwin, everybody go, go stream his music, come see him in West Virginia when he comes back or, you know, on this tour that you've been on. And um, thank you again, man. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll stay in touch with you. All right, boys. I'll see you guys in September. I appreciate you having me on.